What if Google could get search warrants based on what you type into their search engine? Well, they can. Meaning if you type in hot dogs and they say, we better go investigate that person who wants hot dogs, they can go to Google, say, we want to know who searched for hot dogs in this area and boom, probably find you. So be careful what you're searching for out there. This story comes from the Green Valley Arson story, a tragic story involving some young teens who were trying to basically get revenge or cause some havoc. And it turned into this chaotic mess where a family was in this house that you see here and the house burnt to the ground. These teens went over there, lit something on fire. We're going to go through the story. And then the house burnt down, killing five people inside. And it was a, a neighborhood full of immigrants. And so it felt very traumatic. I almost felt like a hate crime. Doesn't look like it was that. But now we're asking ourselves, how did the police find these kids? Because it seemed very unrelated and they found them through the reverse keyword searches. They went and they looked for certain things, and we're going to see what they were, that led the police right to these kids because it just zinged in right on their searches. So we'll take a look at this here. First and foremost, let's go over to the story uh, from NBC News. This story was published very recently here, June 30th, 2022, written by John Shupe. And John from NBC, he tells us, police sweep Google searches to find suspects, right? They sweep Google's searches to find suspects. So think about the consequences of that. You type something into Google, police want to know what that was, and they think it's related to a crime. You may not even be related to it. You may have just been curious about hot dogs or something. And now you are looked at like a hot dog lover or something weird, right? When it's just, I was just looking for a ballpark or something, or I don't know. So it can get strange. Now the tactic is facing its first legal challenge. Privacy advocates are watching the case closely. Concerned the police could use reverse keyword searches to investigate people who seek information about abortions, right? You've seen a lot of this going on in light of the Dobbs ruling, which we covered at length here, which overturned Roe versus Wade. Here, the story tells us that a teen charged with setting a fire that killed five members of a Senegalese immigrant family in Denver, Colorado, become the first person to challenge the use of a Google search history warrant. We're gonna go, we're actually look at these warrants. I've got three different examples of keyword searches, location searches and other types of methodologies, modalities that the police are using to scrape data off of Google. There's pushback against this surveillance tool known as a reverse keyword search being closely monitored by all sorts of privacy experts now catching new attention because of the abortion ruling and people saying, you know, if you search for abortion, maybe some district attorney in some state is going to say who's searching for abortions and i'm just going to go knock on their doors and arrest them in documents filed on thursday in the denver district court lawyers for the 17 year old argue that police violated the constitution when excuse me when they got a judge to order google to check its vast database of internet searches for users who typed in the address of a home before it was set ablaze on august 5th that was back in 2020. Three adults, two children died in the fire. So, right, type the address into Google to find, you know, how to map quest over there. And it pinged in exactly on the, the teens. 
That search of Google's records helped point the investigators to the teen and the two friends who were eventually charged with a deadly fire, according to the police records. All were juveniles at the time of the arrest. Now I think they're been charged as adults. Two of them now are being tried as adults. They both pled uh, not guilty. The defendant in juvenile court has not yet entered a plea. 17-year-old lawyers say the search and all evidence behind it should be thrown out because it mounted to a blind expedition through billions of Google searches just based on a hunch that they used the map and typed in the address into the search bar. The lawyers argued that it violated the Fourth Amendment, which says that is an unreasonable search. Complex issue, new novel issue. People have a privacy interest in their search history, right? You have a privacy in your home. What if you're searching the internet from your home? Do you have a reasonable expectation of privacy in that search? Or should the police be able to get that? Or should they have to get a warrant, which it sounds like they're doing here, but still it's raising a concern about this. And what level of, of, of requests or authorization should be required in order to get this data? Here, let's continue on. It tells us that the 17-year-old's attorneys are saying search engines like Google are a gateway to a vast trove of information online and they're the way that most people find what they're looking for. Every one of those queries reveals something deeply private about a person, things that they might not share with friends or family or clergy. Keyword searches have been used all over the place, including a string of Texas bombings, which we're going to look at, uh, an abuse case in Wisconsin and a fraud case in Minnesota. And I've got examples of these. Google doesn't publish data on the number of requests it gets, but we do know that it grants them. If Google is allowed or required to turn over this information, there's nothing to stop a court in a state that has outlawed abortion to also require them to do it there, right? Abortion rights advocates are now concerned about this. And the Denver police, with the help of ATF, are saying they've turned the keyword search over uh, several weeks before the fire. The keyword search warrant was issued in November 2020. It led Google to search for anyone who queried the address of the home that burned within the 15 days before the fire. Google delivered the information, 61 queries, according to court filings, IP addresses, a unique number for each computer on the internet. Investigators focused on a handful of them and boom, linked to a 17-year-old. From there, they found other online activities, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, text message. They revealed now that the fire was set in a mistaken attempt at revenge who told, who, from someone who stolen one of the co-defendant's phones, it's according to a detective. After the fire, co-defendant realized people killed were not the people he thought stole his phone. If it wasn't for the keyword search, investigators would never have suspected them or their friends. The starting point was the search of billions of Google users. And so he's saying that's too broad, right? You don't get to do that. The lawyers say this is a violation of the 17-year-old search, but all people who use Google, right? It's not just him. It's everybody. It's all of us who may have used Google. The Denver police declined to comment. Price said the government, uh, you know, allowing them to sift through thousands of users' uh, thoughts is just too much. And that should be precluded. Now, this story, obviously a horrific tragedy and, you know, it's just like absolutely the worst, but let's take a look at the actual warrants. And, and, you know, so some people might be sitting there and saying, well, this is a good thing. They caught those guys and, you know, other people, other bad people doing bad things might get caught. And it sounds like they're looking for this through warrants and through a legal process. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Whereas other people might say, yeah, 
but you do have that reasonable expectation to privacy. And what happens if you are somebody who just happens to be typing an address in and you didn't burn the house down and now you're under investigation by the by law enforcement and now they're scraping through all of your other stuff, right? You're one of those other 62 people that didn't enter a query that was related to a bur the burning of the house down. Maybe you just wanted to drop off your DoorDash or something. Okay, your DoorDash driver and you dropped off a pizza and now you've got the feds issuing warrants for all your social media and combing through all of your stuff because you entered the search warrant that you sent entered the, the residential address in the map that granted you access to the information that got you to their residence, which they were then able to monitor grant search warrants that opened up your entire life. So let's take a look at how these work. You can see under subsection one, you can see some of this stuff is redacted. So they didn't show us what it is but they're looking for what you might type into the Google search engine. Things like bomb or explosive or IED or explosion or pipe bomb, just like a search query. If this user is typing any of these things, we want to know who it was. So let's take a look at three examples of this. The first one is really about a phrase. So I actually have the full search warrant listed here. And this one came back from 2019. This was out of the Western District of Texas. It's 11 pages long. And this is being filed by somebody, Scott Kibbe, saying, I make this affidavit as follows. I want this data from YouTube and from Google. Here is why I think it's valid. He talks about the federal rules of criminal procedure and so on. But he says, I would like to know basically everybody who typed these things into Google cardboard or package or explosive or PVC bomb, right? You see the whole list here, one through eight. He says, I've been a special agent with the FBI for a long period of time. I've received formal job training. I know the rules of criminal procedure. I participated in all sorts of stuff with APD, ATF, FBI, USPIS, blah, blah, blah. There's probable cause to believe that people who entered these searches may have knowledge about the bombings. And this affidavit show that I'm just looking to sort of narrow the list down. So you can see they talk a little bit more about the background of Google and how Google works and basically that they re you know, retain all sorts of data. And if the court grants this, then that's going to give them access to the IP address and the IP address. Then if Google gives that to them, then they're going to be able to sort of connect this with a physical location and even potentially the owner of the cell phone. He says, I maintain that the you know, information that Google has can help me locate this person, right? The geographic and the timeline data that, you know, sort of Google keeps track of where you go in my training, email advisors and providers typically are logging a lot of this stuff as well. And so he's just explaining to the judge who may not know, right? The judge is like, what the heck are you talking about? What's an IP address? Where, where do I buy one of those. You know, they don't know. So the judge has to sort of be guided through this and maybe they do, maybe they, okay, let me follow through. But the question is, can the government substantiate connecting the dots from one thought to the next logically? And, and they're just progressing through this as we can see. The facts are on March 2, 2018 at approximately 6.55 a.m., an explosion occurred on the front porch of a single story brick residence, resulting in a death. Rest in peace, Anthony H. Preliminary analysis recovered said that there was a something that may have been utilized to detonate the bomb. Here, an explosion occurred within the residence. Death of a 17-year-old occurred. Uh, somebody here, preliminary analysis, 
indicated that a blank may have been utilized to explode the bomb. Preliminary analysis also you know, showed this, saying that this could have been PVC or could have used blank or blank, right? So some maybe specific details about the permutation or you know some some variables that are are much more definitive like like you wouldn't say a red car you'd say like a toyota camry right which was my first car 1994 toyota camry that happened to be red additionally the explosive may have been in cardboard boxes and so they're sort of saying okay we know what this is let's see if somebody searched for that they did. They went through, says, I believe that if they typed that into a search, they'd find it. They'd find YouTube videos helpful for assembling explosive device and all that stuff. And conclusion, based on the foregoing, I believe, and I request that the court issue a search warrant, and that's going to help me compile all of this type of stuff conveniently. Signed off by the judge, uh, Mark Lane, U.S. Magistrate Judge over there in the District of Texas. So you can see one modality is just to type in sort of the subject matter phrase that you're interested in. Another would be just the location. Okay, here's a very similar uh, actual warrant. I think this may be from the same case. Yeah, it is. But this one is a little bit different. So it's 11 pages, same case. I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's basically the same thing. But but they're looking for different locations, right? So now there, it's not just, you know, they don't just get like one crack at this. They go for everything. And the judge it needs to make sure that you know, this is really relevant, sort of connected to their request. Like they can't say, uh, we're looking for a pipe bomb, but they also are curious about uh, that guy's, you know, uh, high school sweetheart or something like that. Why do they need to go? Unless she's rele you know, relevant. It's too far removed from the scope of the warrant. And so the judge is going to try to limit it. But they can also be looking for physical locations, right? And looking for, from certain windows of time. Just like you might go and search for the data, right? just go and search for the users who actually looked up the data. It's kind of a scary thing that they have that, that ability to do it, but of course they do. And the last example here, it's, it's sort of a blend of the two, a quick combo. Uh, and so when we open this up, it's basically the same framework, also from the same case, 11 pages also as well, but different modalities here. So Don Song or Don Song and Austin or Don Song. And, you know, they actually, it's almost even just like search terms, right? You're, you're actually programming it exactly how you want them to, to actually enter the search string, right? I'm not a computer programmer, but there's probably a word with Boolean or something like that. I don't know. But Sycamore Creek, Gaines Creek, Travis County, they say, additionally, this warrant request from Google any Google map or Waze search or user reviewed areas that fall within a half mile radius of that location from certain times. User viewed map areas. So did, did anybody look at this area? Who looked at this area from March 12th to March 18th? Did you even look there? That DoorDash driver. I mean, he, he's going to get busted sometime. It's probably going to make for a uh, very funny Hollywood movie, but not a funny reality for the poor DoorDash drivers. And so that, my friends, is it for the Green Valley arson keyword search story. And did you know that they could do that? I mean, I did, but it's kind of scary to see it in action. And, you know, on the one hand, you say, that's kind of cool. They can just go, oh, who searched for, you know, taking out, the White House or something, I'm going to get investigated by the 
Secret Service for that one. Great. They're going to knock at my door. <laughs> what did you say on YouTube? You get the point. They just type that into Google and they just say, oh, it's all of these little terrorists there. So be careful what you say. Be careful what search engines you use out there. This story, of course, I'll keep my eye on. Be curious to see what the judge says about that and whether any of that's precluded. Because honestly, if this is precluded, that's the case. They found them based on the searches. If the searches are not allowed in because they violate the Constitution, that means any evidence that they got after that is precluded. These, these kids will go free, which means it's not going to be dismissed and this is going to go forward. And we'll see if the judges or rather the defense lawyers decide to appeal this up or take this up to the next level. But if there is anything interesting on that, of course, we will cover that. Now, if you haven't seen, if you like this story and this one was was something that you thought was a little curious, don't forget to stick around and check out this one about the crypto queen. This one, this gal is on the run. Her name is Ruja Ignatova, and she has been missing for about four years, stolen billions of dollars. FBI just added her to the top 10 most wanted list. And so that's coming up right here. Make sure you click that video so that you can follow along on that one as well. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.